Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. I'm joined uh, with by Mick Lewis. Good morning, Mick. How are you? I'm good, Steve. You? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. And uh, as always, we're here to talk about the last seven days uh, at Newcastle United and obviously talk about yesterday's match. Um, well, well, the first question, Steve, the first question for you uh, and the first question for anybody out there is, does anybody know, does anybody know whether Emma Raducanu can play centre-half? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and any anybody any ideas? I mean, even if she could, could she do a job at right back? Do you think? I mean, you know, the, the kid, the kid can do nothing wrong. So, can we not give her a ring? Can we not give her people a ring? Emma, how do you fancy, you know, number six against Leeds on Friday night? He could do it, couldn't you? She's got the good. She's got the Midas touch. I tell you what, she certainly couldn't be any worse than the current incumbents of the defensive shirts at Newcastle. <laughs> Get Emma Raducanu in. Fantastic, great stuff, and uh, yeah, congratulations to Emma. Yeah, um, especially after the heartbreak at Wimbledon to uh, to go out as an eighteen-year-old girl oh, after doing your A levels and then to put in a performance like that, especially you know that, getting into. And do you know what that is, Steve? That is the magic, the magic of sport. Do you know when you meet people in life? Who say, oh, I don't like sport, I don't like football, I don't like tennis. So how can you not like sport when yeah. stories like that? And she she wins it with an ace. She never <laughs> drops a set. She's eighteen. Where does that come from? That can only happen in sport. It's like you're not being able to write a book until you get to eighteen years of age and you suddenly become overnight Shakespeare. Yeah. So that's what it that's what it's like. It's it's crazy, but it only happens in sport, you know? And maybe that yeah. puts a lot of what happens at Newcastle United into perspective. It can only happen in sport. It's it's crazy, you know? Ronaldo, like yesterday, you know, it can only happen in, in football, couldn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it could do. Anyway. And, uh, fantastic. And football yeah, is what we're going to talk about. Obviously, well done to her, but football is what we're going to talk about. And uh, yeah, the trip to Old Trafford yesterday, let's start with it. It was uh, it was an inevitable result, I guess. Um, I think anybody would have found it hard to go to Old Trafford with the uh, the, the second debut of Ronaldo. Um, my, my match assessment... You know, the first half, Newcastle stonewalled Man United. They gave uh, gave as good as they got at times, tried to catch them on the counter-attack. Um, had we had better players up front to put the ball in the net, we could have been a goal ahead, maybe two goals ahead. Um, we felt it was sucker punch. Uh, I think um, all of Woodman's failings probably came into uh, the full public gaze yesterday. I think the first goal, wicked deflection, but he should have done better. Ronaldo taps it in. And uh, the second goal, you know, was unforgivable. Really, you know, his legs weren't together. Ronaldo slots it through, and and, and that was it. It was the end of the. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, look in the in between that though, we had our let's go mental moment with Manquillo scoring an absolute perler, and then the inevitable happened. You know, yeah. Newcastle, Newcastle, you know, basically had an onslaught, uh, end up losing the game. I think unfairly four one. I thought the midfield performed well. I thought ASM. Uh, Miguel Miron and even Sean Longstaff, I thought you know that they, they came out you know came out with a lot of praise and deservedly so. Hayden had a good game yesterday, um, you know first game back from injury. Um, other than that, yeah, yeah yes, and Manquillo, I mean he, he capped off a really good performance, you know, in his position and turning to the side with a good goal. But um, there are positives to take out of it. Mm. But you know, not you know, it's hard to say there's positives to take out of it when you get a four-one defeat and um, and Bruce is under pressure, Mick. He is. I mean, you know, let's get let's get one thing straight first and foremost. I mean, you were there, I wasn't there, but I, I listened to, you know, an hour's worth of build-up. I, I listened to the whole match. I then watched 
uh, the whole match on Sky. So, you know, I, I've seen it all. I've seen what happened at the end, which I'm sure um, we'll talk about as well. But I mean, first and foremost, let, let you know, let, let's lay it out there for, I mean, you'd have to have or have to have, to have had your head in a, in a bucket of sand for the last 50 years, not to know, you know, that they, they just became the 38th team out of the last 39 to go to Old Trafford and lose, you know. Uh, you know, only one team over the last 50 years has, has won at Old Trafford. And ironically, that, that was managed by a guy who's, who was hated more than, than Steve Bruce. So I don't know what that says. But uh, yeah, you know, going to Old Trafford has invariably and for many, many a year now been a graveyard for black and whites. And, and, and there have been some hammering, Steve, you know. You know, I've, I've been there when they've been absolutely battered. You know, Rooney's wonder goal from Ramy's clearance that day, and 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 all the all the onslaughts that have, have been involved. And it wasn't that yesterday. I mean, let's be fair. You know, for forty five minutes, I know. You know, life is all about you know ifs, buts, maybes, would have, shudders. If your auntie, you know, if your auntie had balls, you'd be your uncle. Blah blah blah. You know, had they gone to half time, had they got to half time, nil nil. Who knows? But. You know, invariably, you're going to go to Old Trafford and you're going to lose. But they didn't lose badly. You're right. It wasn't a 4-1. Anybody who looks at that and thinks, oh, they've been absolutely mullered at Old Trafford. Not true. Not true. First half's pretty much of a muchness. They get a goal on half-time, which, you know, you know, as you said, Freddie Woodman will have nightmares about. But Freddie Woodman, by right, shouldn't be in the position he's in at this minute in time, Steve. You know, it, it's needs must. You know, there's four goalkeepers in the squad. At this minute in time, he's the only one really eligible and fit enough to take his place between the sticks. So he has to do that. And those things happen. You know, and the second goal, I think, came at him quick. I, 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 you know, some goalkeepers might save it, but I think the majority wouldn't. You know, he's hit it quick. He's hit it hard. It's, it's straight that, straight between his legs, which is a tough place for a keeper to either get down to or get his legs shut quick enough um, to make the save. So maybe not so much the second one. But he, he's 24 years of age. He's playing, what, a handful of, of Premier League games. You know, he shouldn't be there. We, we cannot blame, you know, Freddie Woodman. You know, again, interestingly, we've made this point over the last month about the lack of defenders in this Newcastle side who are genuine defenders. We've talked about how they don't smell danger, how they don't react as true defenders react. That was another case in points. We talked about the penalty against West Ham, which which Matt Ritchie, who again, you know, you know, wore his heart on his sleeve, you know, put a real shift in. He's not a defender. He didn't track the, the penalty against West Ham, which was followed up and scored. And, and yesterday, again, nobody tracked Ronaldo. You know, the shot goes in. He's the only one who reacts. So when it comes back off Woodman and these things happen, he's there for a tap-in. So, you know, we, we can apportion blame here, there and everywhere. But defensively, defensively, they're all over the place. You know, he's tried Hayden at centre-back. He's brought back in Mankio, as you say. You know, he's trying to... He's trying to it's, it's like he's got a jigsaw puzzle with about 15 pieces and he's trying to find the right five or the right six to put together to try and keep a clean sheet. Because at the end of the day, Steve, if we don't have Callum Wilson, we will not win games unless we keep clean sheets. We cannot win games. We, you know, we do well to score one goal with Callum Wilson, never mind two and three without him when we're going to concede and we will always concede at this minute in time. So there's, there's problems, problems, problems yet again. 
I mean, looking at the substitutions he made yesterday, people, you know, people do scratch their heads at substitutions. And look, I, I always say, you know, Bruce, Graham Jones, etc., all work with these players, you know, during the week. Um, but you know, taking a, taking Mancolo off, who, who had a good game, bringing Murphy on, I, you know, I can understand in in one set he's looking at an attacking option. Absolutely. I know the formation he's playing and he's trying to yeah. get back into the game. But yeah. you know, Mancolo had a good game. He, he doesn't get anywhere near that squad at mm-hmm. times. And you know, we we were talking off air before we come on. You, you're scratching yeah. your head because mm-hmm. you know, you respect the people in the game that you know have always said, well, Mancolo when he comes in yeah. doesn't do anything wrong. I don't understand it, Steve. I really don't understand it because. You know, if if you've got a problem defensively, and and to be fair to Steve Bruce, he has got a problem defensively. And I think I've said on here before, you know, if there was a solution to it, nobody knows a back four. Nobody knows defenders better than Steve Bruce. He was one of the best defenders the Premier League has ever had. He's played in great back fours. He knows defenders. He knows what makes defenders. He's an old school defender himself. He knows what sort of breed defenders are. So if they were there... You would think, surely to God, he, he would be the first to find the solution. And I think I joked the other week about, you know, it's, it's like he has a, an epiphany and wakes up, bolt upright in bed one night and thinks, Christ, what am I doing? It's him, him, him and him. That's it. Solved. I've, I've worked it out. But he obviously hasn't worked it out. But to be fair to him, one of the reasons he hasn't worked it out is because he hasn't got the players. And, and, and that's where you give him a little bit of leeway. But when you've got a player who somebody I respect, John Anderson, who played 300 games for Newcastle and played 16, 20 times for the Republic of Ireland, who knows a defender, like Steve Bruce knows a defender, and rates Mankio and likes Mankio. And every time I see Mankio, I think, you know, I don't think he's a world beater. I don't think he's, you know, the greatest fullback in the world. But what I do know is, on, on with my own eyes, never mind John Anderson's eyes, he's certainly no worse um, than what, you know, what the other options are. And he pops up with what is a very, very good goal yesterday. You know, I mean, I, I can think of half a dozen players that in that position, and, I'm clu- and I am included, attacking players, would fluff that chance. He's put it away. You know, sweet as a nut. He, 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 every time I see him, does OK. But this seems to be a problem. Now, whether that's reinforced by the fact that he was substituted, I think, I think like you said, it was probably a more a, a case of, He's gone from a five to a four because he's chasing the game late on. He needs more attacking options, so he sticks Murphy on, which is fair enough. But again, it's Mankio gets the hook. Um, so maybe, maybe Steve Bruce doesn't like him, doesn't rate him. They don't go on. We don't know. But it is one of those, as you mentioned there, scratch your head moments when you think, why not give this kid four or five games? Why not? Why not give him a run in the side? Because the bottom line is he cannot be any worse than what he's uh, he's got available to him at this minute in time. No, definitely not. Uh, I did notice uh, your comment straight after the uh, the match, and um, something which has caused you know a lot of fans to to debate it really. And and, and Isaac yeah. Hayden then got involved uh, in an argument with another fan site um, about it. Um, but uh, Darren asks a question. I found it embarrassing to watch our captain chase Ronaldo down the pitch for his shirt after the game. Well, it wasn't just. Him, um, obviously, Joe Linton. Uh, yeah. He, he, he of changing hairstyle. Um, if you remember, he was the man who dyed his hair red to uh, celebrate did... Liverpool winning the league when we yeah. when we played them that season. But yeah, what, what, why, why does that annoy you so much? Well, well, ta- before I tell you that, tell me because I haven't read it. What, what did Isaac Hayden say? 
presumably in terms of defence of players. Yeah, I mean, more or less, more or less. Isaac Hayden tweeted um, uh, Magpie twenty four seven last night, right. um, and looked as if there'd been a, a you know looked as if there'd been a, a, an inbox as well. But then he went yeah. out public on his own account yeah. uh, and more or less said, you know, I didn't ask Ronaldo for his shirt, and and right. you know, did you did you, you know he was more or less defending the players, and and, and he felt as if we he felt as if the accounts. He was clearly reading other tweets as well. We're having a pop at him um, when he said some of us, you know, left our, you know, left everything on the pitch today. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. you know, he felt as if he was being attacked uh, for for not putting any effort in. I clearly understand so, 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 that. So, so he wasn't directly defending the it, act of swapping a shirt. It came off the back of that. He more or less said, "Did you hear what was said?" That was right. what he was saying. Okay. You know, he, he right. doesn't. He was. He was trying to defend himself, and I think. I think some people were having a free for all, trying to say X, yeah. Y, and Z had done it. Yeah. When clearly it looked as if Lascelles and Joe Linton had asked Ronaldo for his shirt, okay. and that's what it looked okay. like to me. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's my thought on it then, and, and my um, my thought was that I'm watching and listening and trying to digest as much as I can uh, Sky as they can do. Um, immediately the final whistle goes, they can show pictures. So as soon as the final whistle goes, they're straight to Old Trafford. Players are walking off. Um, uh, somebody accused me this morning of singling out Joe Linton um, and, and, and having a go at Joe Linton again. Uh, the only reason I mentioned Joe Linton in my um, post on Facebook was because he was the player I saw. No sooner did the, the pictures come on from Old Trafford, I saw him approach Ronaldo and, and beg for his shirt. And it annoyed me. And it annoyed me because it is literally the minute, the, the, the second the whistle goes. Um, I subsequently learned that, that Jamal Lascelles um, also asked him, which, again, we'll talk, we'll talk about in a second. My problem is, Steve, and, and I, I have no problem with players swapping shirts. I have no problem with players who have you know careers in which they want um, reminders and they want souvenirs. Um, and I've been in players' houses where they have their own rooms full of shirts of players they played against. Um, and it's nice. It's nice. But there's a time and a place, Steve. There's a time and a place. And the first thing for me, the first thing any player should do, particularly in a place like Old Trafford, where 4,000, bless them, have done battle with 72,000 and outshouted them and outsung them for a lot of the game, your first priority should be to go to them and thank them. And whether you like it or not, at Old Trafford, you have to walk away to the left-hand side, go down to the corner. And it's a measure, and it, and it tells you something about the nature of the players. I don't, As I say, I don't know what Isaac Hayden said, but I saw one with my... Right, I've, got it, I've got it here, Mick. He goes... He, he did. He basically inboxed the kid, and then he, what he did was he, he quoted the tweet and, and put out, Did you ask Ronaldo if I did? Acting like shaking hands with an opponent like a yeah. man after a tough defeat is a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. Lads gave it everything today. Sure, okay. some of us made mistakes for goals, yeah. including myself. Okay. But to insinuate we are not good at like anyone else is yeah. wrong. Okay, right. Let's put Isaac Hayden to one side uh, because nobody's accusing Isaac Hayden of anything. I Certainly not me. But Joe Linton very, very, very clearly was asking Ronaldo for his shirt because you can, you can, you can, you can lip read. You can see Ronaldo saying something about I've either promised it to someone else or let's do it inside. You know, can you imagine how many times Ronaldo's been asked for his shirt over the years? Every game. Going back to my point about they need to get down to the corner and it's a measure of the different uh, attitude of different players that Matt Ritchie is actually having to corral them and say, get down to that corner 
and say thank you. Now, there is no reason on God's earth why you can't go down to that corner, say thank you, applaud the 4,000 who've made the journey. And then once you get into the inner sanctum of Old Trafford, make an inquiry as to whether you can have Ronaldo's shirt. The problem is they got greedy, didn't they? They think I need to get my bid in first. I need to get my request in first. So who's whoever's closest to Ronaldo at the final whistle, you know, unless it's a unless it's somebody who doesn't think it's the dumb thing, which I don't happen to think it's the dumb thing, is going to grab him and say, can I have your shirt? Now, there are two questions here. Once upon a time in the game of football, it was it was the dumb thing to a degree, but it would always be done with the player that you'd been in combat with. So a right fullback had swapped shirts with a left winger, a centre forward had swapped shirts with a centre back, etc., etc. Midfield players who've been at it, kicking lumps out of each other. Why on earth does Joel Linton think Ronaldo is going to give him his shirt at the end of the game when the pair of them probably won't have even seen each other during the game? It's greed. It's me, 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 me. I want Ronaldo's shirt on my wall in 10 years' time to tell the grandkids I played at Old Trafford against one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player the world has ever known. It's greed. But it's greed. It's greed in the face of 4,000 people who've paid good money to go down to Old Trafford and who should be thanked first. Now, if people think that's old-fashioned, if people think that's naive, if people think that's old school, if people think I'm stupid, then fair play. I don't. I didn't want to argue with anybody yesterday. People came on and said, what if he wanted it for charity? Well, if he wanted it for charity, he should have got his agent to negotiate a deal with Ronaldo's people to get a Ronaldo shirt for charity. You don't. You don't when you've been beaten 4-1 at Old Trafford. And, and, and I'll tell you something about whether this raises any questions against Steve Bruce. I don't think a Bobby Robson team, I don't think an Alan Shearer team, I don't think one or two Kevin Keegan's team. Alf Ramsey famously ran onto the field to stop his players swapping shirts with Argentinians after what went on in the 1966 World Cup. You know, you know this business about oh, you know, you 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 you're being stupid. You're causing a situation out of nothing. Um, bloody bloody blah. I just don't think it's right, and that is my opinion. And everybody else is entitled to theirs, but my. It boils my blood. I mean, you see them swapping shirts at half time these days. Come I on. agree with you. I agree with you. You know, your priority is with your own people, but they think too much about themselves. And it's not as if they haven't got enough in the first place. Yes, they should have reminders. Yes, they should be able to swap shirts, but do it in the sanctum of the dressing room. Don't do it in front of 4,000 people who've traveled 200 miles and absolutely roared the place down in the face of what was always going to be another defeat. And it's almost like ridiculing them. It's almost like taking them for granted. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, it, it does annoy me uh, to see players doing that quite openly, especially after a, a defeat. And um, yeah, it's all, it's all about opinions. And it's the same old faces. And, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have been as angry if Joe Linton had put as much effort in as some of the other players on the pitch. But I think and Alan Shearer highlighted it on Match of the Day uh, yeah. Rather embarrassingly again for Joe Linton, not that he probably cares. He doesn't um, need Manquillo... Steve, we don't need any more evidence of what a bad player yeah. Joe Linton is. Manquillo burst, burst a good, didn't he? 90 yards to get that to get the ball and put the ball in the back of the net. Joe Linton couldn't even be chewed to run at one point. Whoever paid £40 million for, for, for Joe Linton shouldn't be allowed to ever work in football again. 
Now, <laughs> now, 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 going back now, now, just on a, on a just, just to, to part this maybe, going back to the other fella who was allegedly asking for his shirt. In one respect, I can see why Lascelles, who's been in in battle with him uh, or has been close to him and has been in competition with him, I can get that. But what I can't get is he's your captain. He's your leader. He's your man who sets the standards. He's your man who leads your team. He's the man, instead of Matt Ritchie, who should have been saying, hey, get down that corner, all of you, and get them fans appreciated. Get those fans applauded. He should he should lead that. That's how he got the captaincy in the first place, Steve, because he's supposed to be passionate, because he's supposed to be a leader of men. He might not be the greatest centre-half in the world. He might not be this. He might not be that. But he has shown leadership potential in the past. Now, to give up that leadership, to give up his fans, just so he can walk 15, 20, 30, 40 yards to a guy who was probably never going to give him the shirt in the first place, just to say, hey, can I have your shirt, please? You know, wrong, wrong. Do it in the dressing room afterwards. Make a request. Hope that Ronaldo regards you and respects you enough to say, hey, you can have my shirt. You know, there's a, there's a naivety in even asking for it in the first place. It's a, you know, it's, you know, Bobby Moore and Pele swap shirts because Bobby Moore and Pele respected one another. Players swap shirts because they respect one another. Do these people seriously, does Joe Linton seriously think Ronaldo's going to go, do you know what I want to give my shirt to today? Because I really, really respect him. And I think he's a great player. And he's really undervalued at Newcastle. I'm going to give my shirt to that boy, Joe Linton. Is he fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I can just see Julian, um, uh, Ronaldo's um, crib. I'm sure that's probably what he calls yeah. us. Uh, pride of place above the fireplace. Julian Nine over the over the pool table. <laughs> Joe Linton Nine, and he's got the world's best. He's got Lionel Messi coming around for a game of pool. Messi gets down to play the shot. And he goes, "Who's he?" <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure for the last five minutes to see uh, Messi and Ronaldo on the same pitch yesterday. Of course, Jeff Hendrick has been referred to as Messi many times throughout his Newcastle career. Honestly. It was always going to be the way it was. But yeah. I, have to say, I have to say, being serious for a minute, it could have been an awful lot worse. And, and as you said earlier, there were some positives. There were some positives. You know, you know, I, I don't think that the game plan was ever going to work for 90 minutes, but it worked for 45 minutes. It worked for almost an hour. Um, had 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 the goal, which was a soft goal, a silly goal, a, um, a bad goal to concede on half time. Had that not gone in, you don't know. They were playing well, Steve. They were playing well. I'm not an Al, I'm not an Almiron fan, but Almiron did well yesterday. You know, so maximum drive. You know, you know, as was highlighted last night when I was listening to the, I was listening to the commentary. You know, if one or two better options had been taken, who knows? They might have, they might have gone a goal up. Because the other thing is as well, you know, don't forget, you know, they were under a little bit of pressure and and and, and they played. It was only when they had the freedom of a two-one. I mean, the the three. I mean, people talk about the goals. You know, the third goal, Bruno Fernandez. Watch it again. The ball gets cleared to Fernandez. Fernandez could have sat on the ball and said, "Well, is anybody coming out here or what?" Because there must there must have been seven players just stood on the edge of the area, stood again, stood again, watched him. And Fernandez, and they're almost saying, "Go on, have a shot. You won't score." This is Bruno Fernandez, by the way. <laughs> Sticks it in the top corner and says, "Thanks very much. See you later. Game over." 
Yeah, great goal. Uh, yeah, look, well, well worth the Henry money yesterday to go mad over the Manquillo goal with all my mates and uh, people around us. Great goal. And, um, you know, look, bit of history. Seeing Ronaldo's return, two goals. Um, it was well worth the Henry money and well worth yeah. the journey down. Let's uh, let's switch it a little bit just to talk about what other people are talking about here on yeah. the chat. Yeah. And that is yeah. the... Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry for the rat. If anybody out there is upset with my comments about swapping shirts, it's opinions. That's my never opinion. Apo- never apologise for an opinion. I'm, I'm not going to argue with anybody, but I just I just got upset when I saw what was going yeah. on the minute that the the, the whistle blew. Judging not, by not the not judging by the chat, yeah, you know you you've got a lot of support. Make Mad Mark has talked about the media. Belly says the way Bruce talked to the media is a disgrace. You wouldn't hear any top tier manager talk to them the way Bruce does. Bead says. What's Stephen Mick's thoughts on blaming a local newspaper for the fans turning on? Again, someone we managed to have a quick catch up with before we went on air. Yeah. You know, you've got you know, you've got your opinion. I mean, Bruce clearly still doing the press conferences in the COVID way, which is via yeah. Zoom and um we, we, we it's it's not it's not a proper press conference and I know the media are frustrated with this, but what did he make of his uh, his his outburst last night? Well yeah, without for first things, without wanting to get technical. Um, or without wanting to try and sort of um, uh, fudge the issue, the whole still, and I still, I, I, don't, I don't know why. I mean, you know, I'm not on the scene anymore. I don't know why they're still doing press conferences via Zoom and press conferences remotely because everything else in life seems to have got back to normal. You know, seventy six thousand people are, are, are sitting shoulder to shoulder, standing side by side. Why on earth can't a, um, a manager go into a, a press conference theatre as they have at Old Trafford uh, and answer questions from journalists who are then going to sit next to each other in the same way that they sat next to each other in the press box at Old Trafford? So that bit I don't understand. And I'll tell you what it does. It, it confuses the issue because it allows, it allows, let me, I'll have to get the word here. It allows, it's a bit strong this word, but probably is right. It allows cowardly journalists the opportunity to ask questions that they wouldn't ask if they were eyeball to eyeball face to face with somebody but it also allows managers who aren't eyeball to eyeball face to face with journalists to dismiss them out of hand and be rude to them and basically give them short shrift and that's essentially what happened i didn't you know i thought lee's question was a bit contrived um uh, and I thought Steve Bruce's answer was wrong. Um, and it, why do you think? Why do you think it was contrived, Mick? I'll push you on that. We, we, what the answer was? Con- the, the, the question. question you said you, because, you thought because, Lee's because, question was contrived because I know as a journalist, the easiest thing to do uh, in terms if you if you want to ask a difficult question, you put the question at the at the at the behest at the behest of somebody else. So the question was. The fans are all asking Steve. The fans are all asking Steve. Don't do that. Just have the balls to say, listen, you shouldn't have gone on holiday. I think you shouldn't have gone on holiday. Is it right you went on holiday? Do you think it's right that you took a break? But instead of that, he said, the fans are all asking. And if you listen to Steve Bruce's response, it was, is that what the fans are really asking? Is that what the fans are asking? So basically what he's saying is, I know not all the fans are asking that. Some will be, some will be, but what you've done is you, you've copped out of saying and being prepared to say, uh, "Why didn't you do this? Why did you do that?" 
the fans are asking. It's it, Lee's not the only one. We've all done it. I, I I've probably done it. You know, it, it's an easy way out. And it's a particularly easy way out when you're not actually face to face with somebody. Um, so, you know, that 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 didn't um, that didn't enhance his, his, his chances of getting a decent answer. But but just generally, the questions that was asked before, um, he gave short shrift to as well. He just struck me, Steve. He just struck me as somebody who was probably or looked like he was coming to the end of his tether in terms of the whole situation. We talked off air about the statement that the club made during the transfer window or at the end of the transfer window when Steve Bruce was on holiday. Let me say for starters, Steve Bruce going on holiday, I have no problem with whatsoever because it's an international break. And believe me, every manager that's ever been at Newcastle will have gone on holiday during that break. Players are away. They have a break. The players that aren't away on international duty, they get a break. But believe me, as Steve Bruce said yesterday, they will have been back at the beginning of this week and they will have worked hard and they will have worked towards Old Trafford yesterday. Old Trafford, one win in 39. You know, you could have prepared for a month and a half and probably not got a result. But believe me, they will have prepared. They will have done it properly. He's not that naive. He's not that stupid. He doesn't disregard the job that much. Um, to, to leave himself open to that, but yes, he went on holiday. But there's, but there's, but there's, but there's no. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But he did strike me as in the light of that. Whether he went on holiday to reflect on what the club had said, whether he reflected on what the club had said while he was away on holiday. Either way, again, you know, I don't know because I don't see him in the same way that I saw. However, many managers for 25 years, day in day out. I don't. I I, I haven't got a read on him. But I've got a pretty decent read on on people's body language. And he looked to me like, you know, he, he's probably thinking, I've come to Old Trafford. We've, we've played really well for a, a, a half. We've played really well start of the second half. We've ended up getting beat 4-1, which is unfair. We're, we're the 38th team in 39 years who've come here and get beat. And I'm getting stick. Uh, you know, so... I think that combined with the statement, which, as you mentioned, and as anyone who's read the statement, very definitely, as Ashley does, he he he, he likes to put. He, he, it's never him. It's never his fault. It's 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 a portion blame elsewhere. Um, you know, do your dirty washing in public when it suits. Basically, say you know the manager was aware of what the situation is. He shouldn't do that. He, there was no need for that statement to be made in many ways. And I just think Steve Bruce is getting very, very close to 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 to, to calling it a day because you know we 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 talked on here before. I think you've asked me before, or or, or or punters have said, you know, do you think he should walk away? And I've said, you know, I don't think he. I think he's. I think he's too proud a man to walk away. I don't think it's got anything to do with the money necessarily at all. I just think he wants desperately to try and make the job work. But I'm sorry, and I've seen it time and time again. And I made the point that the only man who's won in 50 years at Old Trafford was hated more than he was. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it is, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. And he looks to me like it's beginning to get to him. And he's beginning to think, is it really worth all the grief, all the all the hassle, all the irritation? We'll, we, we shall wait and see. But it looked a little bit like that to me yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, the rumours that are circulating quite strongly, we mentioned it on Friday's show, are that 
you know, he went away to Portugal. Lee Charnley and him had clearly had words. And essentially, um, when he's come back, you know, the, the rumours are that he's been given three games, which included Manchester United yesterday. And if, that is, if that is true, you know, um, you know, it's 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 not really giving him a great deal of time. And if that's filtered down to the players, which is the rumour, then you know, then I don't know. You're either going to see a reaction from the players. They're either going to yeah. say, "Well, we don't want Bruce out. We've got to yeah. pick up, uh, pick up. You know, we've got to pick things up here, and we've got to get a result for the manager." Yeah. Or they're going to throw him under the bus, aren't they? Well, I mean, Steve, you know, you know as well as I do. People watching this know as well as I do. You know, Newcastle United, you know, are surrounded by more rumours than a record shop in 1977. You know, I mean, you know, it's it, it's ridiculous. I mean, rumour this, rumour that, man at the airport. Man at the club, man here, man there. You know, it's 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 what rows your boat. It's it, you know if it, you know you you believe who you choose to believe, etc. Um, etc. Et you know the fact the fact of the matter is that I think that press conference yesterday told you an awful lot. You know, go go through go through the archive of managers who've got up and walked out of press conference. You know, go through the archives of managers who've had fights with journalists or managers who've come out and said ridiculous things um you know it, it generally gives you the impression that the writing's on the wall and and i and i think as big al said last night you know i, was, I watched match of the day after radicanu and and and, and i was 100 percent with alan and i feel like it a bit when i'm on here you know on a, on a sunday or a tuesday whenever we do it i feel like a scratch record and i think that's what alan was saying in a roundabout way last yeah. night you know it's same old same old but it's same old, same old, Steve. And, 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 and Alan maybe couldn't say it last night because he has to be a bit more uh, diplomatic um, and a bit more careful. But it's down to the owner. It's down to, you know, in a roundabout way, he was saying that that football club will never change, as we all know, until the owner goes. And, you know, it will. It, the, the philosophy will never change. And, and and I feel myself sitting here now thinking, God, are you saying this again, Losey? You know, just you know, it, it's 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 bleedingly obvious what the problem is. But that problem won't go away until it's either forced away or or decides to leave. Uh, until then, it's going to be what it is. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a great, great football club, which you know is is in a malaise where even small things like. Um, swapping shirts at the end of the game becomes a major issue, and I'm maybe as guilty as any for, for drawing attention to that. But it just boils my blood. It boils my blood that I see shirts, you know, doing things that they do that they really shouldn't. At least be if you're going to go down the pan, go down the pan properly. Go down the pan fighting. Don't go down the pan asking for Ronaldo's shirt in the 90th minute. Yeah, I would agree. We'll give a shout out to the sponsors, SpiderVPN, Google SpiderVPN for all your internet security. Uh, they come up at the top of the search list. They can protect your passwords, photographs, everything on your computer. Uh, big thank you to SpiderVPN for once again uh, sponsoring us this month. And skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Big thank you to the LNG family funeral there. Directors as well, 01913897245. 
and to Darren Baldwin Funerals, 0191478273 or www.darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. John at QTech uh, as well has been with us from the start, uh, qtechshop.co.uk. They run our website, nufcmatters.com, and to John at Jab Signature for all of our flyers. And uh, if you're a first-time visitor to the channel, please subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and that's it, you subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans and to get a comment onto the screen. Uh, we're also on your Spotify's and iTunes as your podcast providers and others as well. Uh, so if you miss us live on YouTube, you can catch up with us on your uh, podcast provider for free. Uh, okay, uh, let's um, obviously take a couple more uh, points which people are putting forward. Um a lot of people agreeing with you about Ashley. Ashley's back, Steve Bruce, he says, with 160 million, though, says Lee Taylor, spent on players, which is the most any manager under Ashley's ownership has ever had. So it obviously ties into the statement that I would imagine Justin Barnes wrote, not Lee Charnley. John Carter says, if the club goes down, does it make it easier to let a sale go through? Is that what it comes down to? So we don't need Premier League permission. Um, the Leeds games are 12 point, says Alan Thompson. And Chris, Chris says, there's so much wrong with this club. Sad to see it declining every season. The ground's in a right state. As long as the electronic advertising board works, nothing else matters. And um, yeah, I mean, so many things we could talk about there. I mentioned this when I was um, I was at the gym this morning, actually, to somebody that that is ultimately what that statement said. You know, we've spent, we've given Steve Bruce a lot of money to spend. But in reality, in football terms, they didn't give it to Steve Bruce. They gave it to the people who scout the players and Steve Bruce can write all the lists he wants and put Ronaldo or Messi, whoever, on top of that list. But ultimately, it comes down to Steve Nixon and the recruitment team and then it comes down to... It doesn't even come down to Lee Charnley anymore because Lee Charnley doesn't have direct contact with Mike Ashley. It comes down to Justin Barnes who speaks to Mike Ashley. And now we've been told there is no transfer kitty. It is all one big pot. Steve, so Steve. all things are fast, like... Steve, Steve, let me tell you, let me tell you, the, the, the personnel change, uh, the names change, the positions, yeah. the positions change, uh, the titles change um, in the, whatever it is, 40, 14 years. Believe me, believe me, only one man makes the decisions. You, you can talk about your boy Barnes, you can talk about Lee Charmley, who's somehow managed to keep himself there forever and a day. Um, but others have come and gone. But a lot of those have gone because, yes, they were told they were doing this job and that job. They walk on eggshells. All you can ever hear in the corridors of Paris and James's Park and have been able to hear for however many years is the crunching of eggshells because that's all they do. They walk around on eggshells. They're terrified. They're absolutely terrified to make a decision where they might go out on their own bat they might go out with a little bit of common sense. They might go out and say, well, don't you think we should do this? Because at the end of the day, one man and one man only runs the ship. And, and, and whatever happens at Newcastle United, it comes down to him. And whether he likes it, whether he would like it, whether he doesn't like it, they're terrified. Absolutely terrified. And that's what dictators do. That, that's what despots do, whether it be politically whether it be in this regime or that that regime, they they rule the roost. They they dictate and they tell people what they should and shouldn't do. And as a result, 
people don't have their mind their own minds people don't have their own thoughts on issues people don't go out on a limb and say i think we should do do this and i think we should do that you know that's that you know that that is a dictatorial regime and it is a dictatorial regime it's down to one man uh, and one man only um you know and, and and things like you know they've had 160 the one thing i would say steve is and and i've and i've mentioned this before and and people again might shoot me down but again i believe it to be reality as it stands and that is who did sunderland play yesterday steve Accrington stanley when you were a kid and the kid was drinking the milk and he said if you're not careful you'll end up playing for Accrington stanley <laughs> who exactly Accrington stanley were a figure of fun Accrington, I had to ask my dad who Accrington Stanley were. Oh, Accrington Stanley, son, they're a, they're a non-league team in, in Lancashire. They're a, they're a little football club. It's a joke. It's a joke that the kid, if he doesn't drink milk, he won't play for Accrington Stanley. Who were Accrington Stanley playing yesterday? Sunderland, a big football club with a massive support. We're rivals. We don't like them necessarily. They don't like us necessarily. But they're a proper football club, a proper football club, a dyed-in-the-wool football club of their community, of their people. We get, we, you know, we, 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 like we say, we, we mock one another. We, we take the mick out of one another. We don't necessarily like one another. But secretly, secretly, Steve, we respect one another because we know they're a proper football club. We know that their supporters love their football club. We know their football club means as much to them as Newcastle United mean to us. They were playing Accrington Stanley yesterday. We were playing Manchester United at Old Trafford in the biggest game in the world yesterday because of who was wearing the number seven for Manchester United. Now, tell me everything is wrong with the world. Tell me everything is wrong with Newcastle United. It's about perspective, Steve. It's about, you know, what is genuinely wrong with the world and what is right with the world. Be careful what you wish for. I say it a million times. Be very careful what you wish for. We could have been playing very easily Accrington Stanley yesterday afternoon and that lot down the road were, God bless them. So, you know, it, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. And it's, and we, we, I'm not going to get away from it. I'm not going to say what he's doing, this owner, is killing this football club. But what I'm saying is there's a football club down the down the road, a very good football club, a very proud football club, that imagine going through what they've gone through. You know, genuinely. Genuinely. Yeah, OK. Uh, Barry Hogan uh, says, Do I have any concerns of bother at the Leeds game? Stories of Leeds fans purchasing spare tickets for the home sections. We've got a bad history against travelling fans from Leeds. Yeah, look, Barry, um, I'm sure Mick will have an opinion on this as well. But yeah, I do. I, I, we are talking about this yesterday. And, and obviously, I've seen on Twitter that the United Voice, or whatever it's called, the, the fans organisation, who are trying to uh, engineer protests, etc., have uh, asked people to take whistles and uh, paper aeroplanes for the, for that first demonstration on, on on Friday as well with, because the game of course is live on Sky they're obviously trying to organise some kind of peaceful protest but I do feel mm. that the club like they did when Liverpool were close to winning the league um, you know haven't really taken fan safety into consideration 
um, by allowing the tickets to go on general sale, you are allowing that temptation for Leeds fans to buy and purchase tickets in the home end. And Leeds, Leeds always bring a good you know, a contingent. They always sell their away end out. Yeah. This is going to be like a derby for Leeds United this season. Well, I, I, as you mentioned there, Sam, and I was thinking this morning, I mean, not only is it a game where probably unlikely that Leeds will get anything this afternoon. So if Leeds don't get anything this afternoon, you're talking about two teams who haven't won a game. You're going to be talking about two teams who are side by side. You're talking about two teams who are under pressure. You're talking about two teams who are desperate to get their first win. You're talking about two teams who, as you say now, geographically, now you take Sunderland and Middlesbrough out of the equation. It's it's the closest thing to a Premier League derby either of us have got. So, you know, you throw that into the mix. You throw into the mix the fact that, you know, you've got two very, very boisterous uh, set of supporters. And also I'll throw into the mix, Steve, and I suspect you've seen them, and I don't know how many people watching this, but I saw at least three or four uh, camera videos of bother at the Manchester United. And Now, I know Man United and Leeds have a, have a much, much greater... Um, hatred than, than than Newcastle and Leeds do, but you know Leeds can be a bit naughty, um, and and there were videos flying around of Old Trafford that day, and it was only what was it three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So I, I think I think it's a very real danger. I, I mentioned it to somebody last night actually. You know, on top of everything else, um, it, it 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 could it could it could be a it could be quite a nasty night Friday. Friday night as well, people will take a half day, uh, the bars Absolutely. will be chock-a-block, people will yeah. be intoxicated and, and it, it, it is a recipe for disaster yeah. and I think yeah. Newcastle it, United... It, it, it needs, you know, because again, this is one of these terrible situations, Steve, where you don't want to draw attention to it, you don't, you don't want to highlight it, you don't, you don't want to put it in people's minds. But all I will say, you know, final word on it is, it needs keeping an eye on. It very definitely needs keeping an eye on. But the police do their job, the, the police know you know, we used, to, we used to travel abroad, you know, all the game with the spotters. You know, they know what they're doing. They know what they're looking out for. West Yorkshire police will know what they're looking out for. But I do think the eye has been taken off the ball lately. Everybody thinks Premier League football, easy OZ. You know, everybody's having a nice time. You know, no problem. There, you know, there, there is a definite, definite possibility of, of trouble on Friday. Yeah, John Brown asks uh, what your views are on Joe Linton playing every game practically. Do you think Bruce has been forced to play him? And we've been through this, you know, last season. Lots of people believed that Joe Linton had something in his contract that stipulated as long as he was fit, he would he would have to have some kind of involvement. But well, it does. It's, it's, it's the only way of explaining away why he gets the game, honestly. And, um, he, and he bigs Dwight Gale up, yet never plays him. Dwight Gale, I've said this before, Steve. Dwight, Dwight Gale's not Dwight Gale's not good enough at Premier League level. You know, at Championship level, he, he, he's fine. But having said that, you know the the instances that were shown last night on Match of the Day, which we've all seen, and he does it every game. I mean, he, he just stroll he strolls around like it's like it's a Sunday morning game. You know, you'd have to think at least Dwight Gale might run. At least Dwight Gale might get involved. At least Dwight Gale might show like he cares. At least White Gale might think, God, you know what it was? It'd be great to score a goal at Old Trafford. You know, this 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 fella, he's in a he's in a world of his own. And you have yeah. to be yeah and, and going back to the I hate, hate, hate to keep going back to it, but going back to to, to shirt swap gate, um, 
he has to be in a world of his own. A, to ask Ronaldo for his shirt, because that is ludicrous enough. But B, he has to be in a world of his own to not think that that might upset people, having put in the performance he's put in. They don't care, Steve. You know, some of them, not all of them, not all of them, not all of them at all. And 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 I and I like Isaac Hayden. And if Isaac Hayden got grief um, because we thought he thought we were labelling everybody as wanting to swap shirts and not caring, he would. He very definitely him and the Richies and the Clarks and the keeper um, and and the long staffs wouldn't be in there. But there's two or three who are very definitely in there, and he is the number one culprit the number one pretender, the number one worst footballer for £40 million I've ever come across. Yeah, I would agree, mate. Nobody can argue with care. you on, people, on that. People, people, people can say you're picking on him. OK, I'm picking on him. But, but, but then again, you come back to the, um, you know, he didn't set the £40 million, and that's quite right. He didn't say I'm worth £40 million. He, he He didn't demand £40 million. Some... IDI or uh, IOT at Newcastle paid 40 million for him. Yeah, unbelievable. Really, really is. Um, let's talk a little bit about the goalkeeping situation. Spoke about it again, as I say, many times on the show. Woodman, of course, yesterday, um, you know, it, it is always difficult. I'm not in the goalkeeper's union. I was always a centre-half when I played. But, um, you know, it's a difficult position to be in. Well, you because you're in the goalkeeper's union then if you're a centre-half. <laughs> <laughs> because, because you're, you know, your mistakes are always are always going to stand Absolutely. out, you know. And he made two howlers yesterday. But um, Carlos fit. Is he going to get back in? I I, I I think probably, probably on the basis of, you know, Steve Bruce is a is a is a is a knowledgeable enough man in terms of, of football and knows footballers. Um, I think he, he, I don't. It's a it's a difficult one, you know, because it's one of those where you don't want to destroy somebody's confidence, but at the same time you run the risk of. Um, because he's dropped a couple of ricks, fans getting on his back, and him not being able to recover right. from that. Um, his kicking's like, not good. His kicking's I, I, not good for a goalkeeper. He, he, he's not good on crosses either. He's, no, he's, 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 he doesn't not, come. He's, well, he's not the biggest in the world. Uh, you know, he's he's tall enough, but he's very slight. You know, they always used to say about Shea. You know, Shea wasn't the biggest, but Shea was was a strong boy. You know, he he's got good upper body strength. So. If he came, he wiped people out. If 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 Freddie Woodman comes, he bounces off people. He he would bounce off people. So as a re, as a result, he's more prone to stay on his line. But he's you know he's picked up the Golden Glove in the Championship last season, Steve. He's he's played for England at every level. He's won world titles with England. He's saved penalties for England. He's saved penalties for Newcastle. I don't think there's an awful lot of wrong at all with his with his development. And and it's and and out of needs and necessity, he's been thrown in at Newcastle. And and I'm telling you, I don't care whether you're a goalkeeper or an outfield player. If you're a bad, and he's not, he's not, he's not a child. He's 24. But if you're a fledgling player, you'll get found out very easily at Old Trafford in front of 76,000 when it's Ronaldo's comeback game. I mean, that's that's the that was the biggest game on the planet yesterday, Steve. You know, that was a big, big game. You are under immense pressure, whether you like it or not. You know, you look at Radicanu playing tennis last night, an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old in front of 20,000. You know, 
these people, these people are, must have nerves of steel to do things like this. You know, it, this is what this is where this is where professional sportsmen get found out. You know, so there's a part of me, there's a part of me, thinks they should say, "Look, Freddie, yes, he'd, you, you know, you certainly should have done better for the first goal. You could have done better for the second. I don't blame him so much on the second because, as I say, he hit it quick, he hit it hard, and he hit it straight between the keeper's legs, and that's a tough place, you know, to suddenly react. You, you, you're looking to go either way, aren't you? You know." So I, I don't blame him totally. So I think I would keep faith with him. But I think when Darlow's fully fit, he's he's probably got a decision to make. But I think it, it might be a little unfair on the kid who, you know, he's playing behind the back. You know, it's 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 he's playing behind the back four that is as porous as a as a sieve. It really is. You know, and and Steve Bruce is as good as admitting that, as I said earlier, by chopping and changing and chopping and changing. Um and the poor kids thinking, whoever got playing in front of me today, what are they going to do? What you know, bloody bloody blood. So, I think I I I I certainly I'm not in in the slightest bit going to criticise uh, Freddie Woodman for what happened yesterday. Yeah. Okay. B wants to know what you would change for the Leeds game. I would desperately try and find a cure for Callum Wilson's thigh and hamstring. Because without mm -hmm. him, without him, I think when he scored the game before last, I just put online gold dust, gold dust. He is gold dust, and and I was talking to Ando last night on the way back from Old Trafford, and and it's it's almost got to the stage, and I'm sure Steve Bruce is in this position, you know, where because you're Newcastle and and you are where you are at this minute in time, you almost have to sort of write off. So, so many games. So you, you maybe have to write off 30% of the games and you have to target the games that you can win and you have to target the games where with Callum Wilson fit you might you might score goals and you might win a game and you almost, almost get to the stage where you think if he's 80% against Man U don't play him because he might then be 95% against Leeds at home where you've got a better chance of winning. Now, that's a terrible situation to be in. The player doesn't want to be in it. The manager doesn't want to be in it. But he is that valuable, Steve. He is that valuable. I'm not saying we're a one-man team, but we're the closest thing to it in the Premier League, just about. Because the guys that put the ball in the back of the net... I mean, look at Lukaku yesterday. Look at Ronaldo yesterday. Aubameyang gets, gets Arsenal's first win. These boys are priceless. These boys really are worth their weight in gold. And and we've got one. We have got one. I talked in the summer about, I genuinely believed that there was there, sh there should and could have been an offer from one of the top teams. If Kane had left Tottenham, you know, blah de blah de blah why wouldn't they come and get Callum Wilson? I think he's that good. But this, this injury situation is really worrying now. And Steve Bruce said last night, he might not make next week, he might not make two weeks. This is only the fifth game of the season, Steve. We could have a serious problem with Callum Wilson. And without him, because of the state of the defence, we've got no chance, no chance of winning games because we've got no one else. You tell me who's going to score you two goals because we're we're always likely to concede one. So we're going to need to score two. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, is the formation an issue? Tom wants to know if you'd go 4-4-2 or would you go 5-3-2? I mean, Bruce just seems panicked and he seems to panic if he if he changes well, I, the formation he's gone. Yeah, but you used the word, you used the word there, panic. And... I, I don't think he's panicking. 
I just don't think he knows. I, I, what did I say at the top of the program? It's like he's got 15 jigsaw pieces and he's trying to find the right four and trying to ride the right the, the right five that fit. The, the guy, I, I, again, I don't know him, but I think I know his type. And and and, I, and and you know what he's like. He was like as a player. If he could find, I'm I'm pretty sure if Steve Bruce could find a back four. And I said this last time I was on, with two centre halves he could trust and two full backs who were good enough, he would pick a back four and he would go with it and keep it and protect his keeper and marshal them whatever. He hasn't got two centre backs he can trust and he hasn't got two full backs who are good enough. So he's trying to protect the centre of his defence with three full with, with with three centre backs, and then play wing backs. His wing backs can't defend because they're not defenders; they're essentially midfield players who can get forward as wing backs, but can't defend when it goes back the other way. And if you're not a good team, you're going back that way more than you're going that way. And then the the the, the key is the centre backs. And he hasn't got three that he trusts. He hasn't got three who are good enough. He hasn't got three, most importantly, who are quick enough. I mean, you know, Isaac Hayden, you think, OK, that's not a bad move. We've talked about Paul Dummett as a centre-half. Isaac Hayden, bless him, because he's not a defender and doesn't think like a defender. Ronaldo's second goal, he's almost walked past him. You know, I mean, Ronaldo's quick. Ronaldo, let's, let's, let's make no bones about it. Arguably, arguably one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player who ever played the game. But when he's played in for the second goal, he's drifted past Isaac Hayden. Shot's gone off through the keeper's legs. It's in, you know, game over, essentially. But Isaac Hayden is not a centre-back. He doesn't think like a centre-back. So you're trying to. I'm sure he was trying to play Isaac Hayden as the floater with two markers, Clark and, 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 and Lascelles. He just he, he doesn't know Steve, but it's not it's believe I don't think it is panic. I think panic's unfair on Steve Bruce. I just don't think he's got the personnel. And I, and and I want to broaden this. I know we haven't got much time, but I I I think I said this to you when we were trying to get Joe Willock. Joe Willock should never ever be forgotten. Never ever be anything other than revered in Newcastle United history for what he did at the end of last season. But as a result, there was an obligation to buy him. There was almost a, a, a relentless stream of, of, of consciousness to sign him. And quite rightly, because he did fantastically well. But it was apparent, and it was clearly apparent, that Newcastle wanted him on loan. And the reason they wanted him on loan, Steve, was because they wanted to spend money. And I'm sure the manager wanted to spend money on another player, i.e. centre-halves, defenders. Now, when Arsenal said, right, you know, all the balls in our court, you can't have him on loan. You've got to buy him. Then you've got a real decision, a real decision. Do you let the fans down? Do you let Joe Willock down? Do you, do, you, do you run the risk of the fans going, you're useless? Because Arsenal are saying, you can't have him on loan. You've got to buy him. Arsenal had all the cards. The fact that they let him go suggests that they weren't sure about it. But either way, we ended up having to commit 25 million on Joe Willock. Joe Willock will never be anything other than a hero to me. But I'm telling you something, Steve, he will never reproduce unless he goes on to be a superstar, which I'm not too sure he ever will be. But he'll never reproduce the form that he showed in two months. He'll never score those number of goals. He'll, he'll, he'll never have that effect on the team. But what we've done in the meantime is we've spent 25 million on him, which he deserved on the basis. If we were an affluent club, he deserved that move. He wanted that move. He's a good kid. There's everything about him. But the poor lad 
is now got the weight of the world on his shoulders and he won't be able to reproduce it. And that 25 million, which if if it was if it was part of 50 million or 75 million would be fine. But it's not. It's the only 20. And that's why they released the statement that if you look at read that statement, Steve, it was like we gave you who you wanted. We gave you who you wanted. We gave the manager who he wanted. It was the manager who wanted that. So he can't moan about, you know, the, I mean, the fact that the, 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 the kitty was essentially only 25 million, which these days buys you nothing. But either way, the bottom line is Steve Bruce and Newcastle, or Steve Bruce in particular, wanted Joe Willock on loan in order to spend the money that was available on defenders. And we've had to buy Joe Willock, God bless him. And he's a great kid. But... As a result, we haven't been able to buy the defenders we should have bought. Yep, clock has beaten us. Uh, just yep. need to finish off with this. Uh, I am spending my uh, night in the company of this man. Hello, Newcastle. 12th of September. I'll be there. Make sure you are. Yes, Buster Blood Vessel is in town tonight. Bad manners, Sunday the 12th of September. We have reached the date. Uh, a long overdue party with bad manners at the O2 Academy. Tickets are available on the door tonight. Uh, doors open at 6.30, so get yourself along. We will be having a uh, after-COVID party with the lads. Looking forward to that tonight. George, do you want me to tell you a quick story? Have we got time for a quick story? Go for it. Go for it. I went, I went to college when I was 18. I was social secretary at Middlesex Polytechnic. I booked bands. I booked Richard Jobson of the Skids to, to read poetry. I booked all sorts of bands. But in my on my course at college, and I was big mates with him, was the harmonica player who left to go to Bad Manners. He was in Bad Manners. I booked Bad Manners twice at Middlesex Polytechnic in 1979. Winston Bazoomies. He became known as, he's now left Bad Manners, but I think he goes back to play with them occasionally. Alan Sayag, his real name is. He was a mate of mine back in the day. But I was on the scene when Bad Manners first started. My sister went to see them at the Theatre Royal in Nottingham. They got her backstage passes. She still got the posters from Buster and, and the boys at the time they were releasing Lorraine and all, all, the, all the big hits. Great guys. Great, great guys. Fantastic. Well, it'll be a great night. I hope I see as many of you there as possible. I'm back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, Stephen Holly show. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about uh, yesterday's game and uh, chewing the fat from uh, the last seven days uh, with Holly tomorrow night. Mick, as always, great pleasure to have you on, mate. Have a good week. Speak to you I'm soon, off, pal. I'm off to ring Emma Raducanu to see if she can play number six on Friday night. <laughs> Fantastic. Take care, mate. See you later. Take care. Critics attack, it feels like I've been told.